Welcome back to another episode of Jake's Takes. My name is Jake, and thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast, which is the first podcast episode of the new NBA season. Season just started. First few games have taken place, locked down, and we are going to be taking a look at some of what has been going on and what could come. So, Right now, it's very early in the season, but we have three teams that are 2-0 and in the standings. Atlanta, Boston, and the Washington Wizards. Um, Atlanta has done very well so far and have uh, secured big victories. 10-point um, victory over the Rockets in their opening one, and a 10-point victory over Orlando in their second game of the season. So they have been um, two pretty good scoring affairs in the Orlando side of things. They, uh, at least in the Orlando game, had a great 13-rebound, 23-point game from John Collins. Jonte Murray added 20 and 9 assists with 9 rebounds. 25 points for Trey Young in that one. Didn't get a lot of help off the bench. A lot of their bench pieces didn't really play that much, but they ended up getting good play from their starters, which was pretty much all they needed. And in the game against uh, Houston, uh, it was a great game for John Collins and uh, for a lot of their players um, in terms of how they did. Uh, it was uh, a 10-point victory, which was a great victory for them. 24-8 and for John Collins, 22 for Hunter. 23 for Trey Young. DeJounte Murray had 20 and 11 assists, 5 rebounds, 13 off the bench for Nkongwu. And again, not really using a ton of their bench at this point in time. They had a lot of players who didn't actually get uh, to play. But they looked pretty solid in their first go-around of uh, basketball. Boston Celtics 2-0 as well, and they got victories against good opponents, Philadelphia and Miami. Philadelphia was the opener, the first night of uh, basketball for everyone, and what we got out of that was a great game from Jason and Jalen. Uh, the Tatum and Brown connection got uh, 35 and 12 for Tatum and 35 and three rebounds for Jalen Brown. 14 for Marcus Smart, uh, 16 off the bench for Malcolm Brogdon, 15 off the bench for Grant Williams. A pretty good uh, performance. Um, Right there for Philadelphia and Boston, uh, Celtics got um, that victory, which was um, a nine-point victory. Uh, and then playing against Miami, which was uh, 13 points uh, right there. Um, not bad. Jason Tatum had 29. Uh, I think Jalen Brown had uh, 20, um, uh, 20 eight, uh, and Tatum had five rebounds, uh, Brown had four, ten points for Derek White with seven rebounds, ten points for Grant Williams. The bench didn't do as well, but it was Tatum and Brown who stepped up where they needed to, and that was what exactly should have taken place. We also have two wins out of the Washington Wizards in the Eastern Conference. We have uh, Bradley Beal and company doing exactly what they needed to do getting the seven-point and two-point victory. Pacers, then Bulls, not as convincing as our other two opponents. 
Boston and Atlanta had much easier games to deal with, but it was in the Pacers game, um, a pretty well-scoring affair from all sides. 22 and 13 rebounds for Kuzma. Um, we had 15 for Porzingis with 10 rebounds. Uh, 23 for Bradley Beal. 14 off the bench for Will Barton. And 12 off the bench for Daniel Gafford with the 7 rebounds. Which, that was a good game for them. A little bit of a cushion in comparison to um, the game that they uh, had um, against the Bulls, which was a two-point victory. So Chicago, obviously, um, is uh, a good team in general and expected to be one of the playoff teams going forward. Kuzma had 26. Um, Denny Avija had 6 points, 10 rebounds, 14 for Porzingis. Bradley Beal had 19 and 8 assists, uh, 12 off the bench for Hachimura. It wasn't as good of a game for Bradley Beal, and I don't know if that's going to tell the test of time in terms of how good um, they actually can be. Uh, but if he plays great, they play great. Uh, other guys step up. Things are looking pretty good. In terms of the rest of the standings, the only other team that is undefeated is Milwaukee, who is 1-0. They beat the Philadelphia 76ers in their lone game. They will be playing um, their second one later today. Uh, but this is Milwaukee um, right now, so 1-0. Uh, there are a lot of teams in the NBA that are in the Eastern Conference 1-1, one and, one, and there are a few teams that are 0-1 or 0-2 um, with the Pacers, 76ers, Orlando, and Miami 0-2. Not that that makes any sort of a difference. Western Conference, we've got a few uh, teams that are loaded and locked and loaded at 2-0. and um, There are in total um, four of those guys, plus we have the Clippers who are 1-0. Pelicans are 2-0 and riding high. They had a blowout victory over the Brooklyn Nets in their first game of the season, which was a great game for everyone involved. And we ended up seeing some great play from Brandon Ingram and the rest of uh, their team in terms of the situation. Zion had 25 points and 9 rebounds, 28 for Brandon Ingram, with 7 rebounds. We got 15 and 13 from Valanciunas. And 21 from C.J. McCollum. Trey Murphy had 16 points. He was um, the rookie last year, I think. Or, yeah, I think he was the rookie last year. Uh, so that was uh, not too bad of a game right there for them. And then they had the uh, Hornets victory, which was a 12-point victory, which was a great victory. And um, we ended up seeing a great game. Uh, from Valanchunas, um, who was the big man on campus. 30 points and 17 rebounds. 21 for McCollum, 28 for Ingram, 16 for uh, Zion. Uh, Brendan Ingram had 9 rebounds, almost a double-double. Um, not too bad out of uh, the Pelicans. And also 2-0 in the standings. We have the Utah Jazz. A little bit surprising at this point in time because Utah is... Um, pretty solid in terms of, you know, uh, where they were slated to be, which was the bottom half of the Western Conference. It's only, you know, 2-0 and early. I'm uh, not really uh, saying much there, but, um, you know, who knows where uh, the rest of their uh, season will end up. Um, Denver Nuggets uh, didn't look as good, but Utah Jazz surely uh, did. 
Kelly Olenek had 8 points, um, 17 for Laurie Marketing, 7 points and 12 rebounds for Vanderbilt, 13 for Conley, Jordan Clarkson had 10, our bench unit, uh, 16 for Rudy Gay, 12 with 10 rebounds for Walker Kessler, Colin Sexton was the lead man, 20 points and 15 for Malik Beasley. So no superstar standouts, I guess Walker Kessler was pretty good as was Colin Sexton, but um, game number one of the season was uh, not too bad. They ended up playing Minnesota and won in a very uh, close but um, great game. And in terms of how the players did, it was um, going to be 21 points uh, for Kelly Olenek, 24 for Marketing, uh, 29 for Clarkson. He was the lead man. 12 and 11 assists for Mike Conley, 11 points off the bench for Sexton, and 15 off the bench for Malik Beasley. So in the grand scheme of things, not too bad. So uh, Utah is starting off uh, strong. Also starting off strong is the Portland Trailblazers, 2-0. And Damian Lillard had a overtime victory against the Suns. The first game they played was against Sacramento. And Sacramento game was um, not too bad for um, for them, 115-108, which was uh, led in total by Jeremy Grant's 23-8. and um, 20 points for Damian Lillard, 8 assists, 19 for Josh Hart, 22 for Anthony Simons, 11 points off the bench for Justice Winslow, and 12 for Shadion Sharp. Uh, Winslow had 8 rebounds to go along with his... 11 points, um, and then the Phoenix Suns, uh, winner, uh, was a two-point winner, um, it was a good game for the Phoenix Suns, and, um, a good game, better game for Portland, in terms of the scoring, uh, Nurkic had 20 and 17, 41 for Dame, uh, 10 for Josh Hartz, with seven rebounds, 16 for Simons, and Nasir Little had nine off of the bench, it's very interesting to see how some games players will have a great go-around and then the next game, uh, not as good. But uh, in the end, Portland keeping 2-0 and we move on. Memphis Grizzlies, uh, 2-0. They have two pretty convincing victories. Um, the Rockets was a 7-point win. The Knicks, maybe not as uh, convincing, um, but a 3-point victory. Um, they got it nonetheless, and it was the first game of the season for them. And looking at the stat sheets, we had 18 and 11 rebounds for uh, Aldamada, um, Santi Aldamada. Um, we had 3 points and 14 rebounds for Stephen Adams. We had 34 points, 9 assists for John Morant. Uh, Concher had 12 and 11 rebounds, and Desmond Bain had 16 points. Got a, a lot of, uh, a few double-doubles in the starting lineup there. Uh, 15 points for uh, Tyus Jones off the bench. Um, not too bad for Memphis in game number one uh, against the New York Knicks. And then game number two against the Houston Rockets. Uh, this was a much uh, easier victory when it was all said and done. Um, we ended up snagging uh, 49 points from John Morant, which was very good as well. He had eight assists to go along with that 49. 
17 points for Concher, 14 for Desmond Bain, 12 for Jake Lariva off the bench, 11 for uh, Jones off the bench. So it was a pretty good game all around. Uh, and the Memphis Grizzlies are riding high. Um, the only team who is at 1-0 and the only other team that has an undefeated record, if you will, is the Los Angeles Clippers, who defeated the uh, Los Angeles Lakers in their first game of the season. Uh, this was a um, 103-97 victory. Lakers just didn't have what they hopefully were looking for, and, you know, it was one of those things where, um, I guess as we all expect, um, you know, the players stood out, at least the ones that they needed to. Um, and Paul George, um, surprisingly was the, uh, lead point getter, 15 points a game, which is interesting. 14 points and four rebounds for Marcus Morris, 14 for, uh, Zubach with 17 rebounds, 15 and 10 for Paul George. Um, and then we ended up seeing, uh, nine for Powell and eight for Reggie Jackson, 14 off the bench. For Kawhi Leonard, John Wall added 15 off the bench, and Luke Kennard added 11. Uh, Kawhi Leonard also had 7 rebounds um, in that one. So it was uh, pretty solid overall, if you're looking at it. Um, the rest of the uh, Western Conference, there are several teams that have 1-1 one one record. Denver, um, San Antonio, Golden State, Minnesota, Phoenix. And then there are some teams with a 0-2 record, Houston, Los Angeles, and a few teams, um, Dallas, Sacramento, and OKC, that are 0-1. Um, and this is, unfortunately, um, what the case is um, for those teams. So this article, I want to take a second and look at. I talked about tanking and all that stuff and what Adam Silva has said in a previous podcast, but more news has come out. So... Uh, he addressed tanking. Uh, he was talking to the Phoenix, uh, Suns employees. Um, and, uh, he was noting that he understands why teams would do what teams would do with the once in generation player. Um, quote, uh, serious issue. Um, hundreds of meetings. Um, apparently, uh, he's not happy with tanking. Um, and obviously with Victor Wembiemba, of course, that's like the quote-unquote next coming of LeBron. We gotta, you know, see a bunch of teams try and get the number one overall pick. Quote, we put teams on notice. We're going to be paying particular attention to the issue this year. Figures, because they have this guy everyone's hyping up, Victor Wembiemba. Why are they gonna do it otherwise? Um, uh, regulations in regards to this would be destabilizing to the NBA, I'm reading this on ESPN, uh, just to say. Um, and uh, he also quoted this by saying, in such scenario, or they say this on ESPN, in such scenario, Silva told employees, uh, regulation would essentially mean demoting the worst one or two teams to the G League while promoting the best one or two G League teams to the NBA. Now, I personally don't know how relegation works in terms of football, soccer in Europe, specifically United Kingdom with the Premier League and other leagues in Europe. Um, I don't know specifically how that works with the, you know, moving up and down 
Um, and I don't really think that would be ideal in the NBA. And I think part of it has to do with the fact that many of the NBA teams in the uh, G League are in smaller market cities, um, Delaware, Maine, you know, places where there really isn't much NBA traction. And the G League itself is kind of like a AAA version of baseball or a sort of ancillary league to baseball. And in terms of just everything involving, you know, the NBA, it really wouldn't work because, you know, if you look at the G League itself, um, you know, the G it's just not as big, and a lot of the guys who play in it are are just not guys who are NBA talent, because the majority of those guys are guys that either got drafted in the first or second round and have failed in the NBA, or guys who have come over from Europe that are trying to make a name for themselves. It just It's not a league where the best players play. If you're a college player who was great in college but didn't really pan out, um, then it just doesn't seem like um, it's really the, the case. So, for example, um, the G League, one of the best teams in the G League is the Rio Grande Vipers, who have four championships in their tenure and the most championships uh, in all of the G League itself, which is great because they would be one of the teams, one of the two teams that gets relegated to the NBA in this case, and then you would have one of the worst teams get relegated all the way um, to the G League. But the thing is, like, the talent level is just not there. The market level is just not there. And the sheer fact of, well, then these new teams coming up from the G League would end up playing their basketball in um, last place or close to last place because of all of the things that I just mentioned. So Silva trying to get this enacted in some way, shape, or form, in my opinion, just doesn't really make sense because I just don't see it. I just don't see how it could even happen um, in my own opinion. Like, look at the teams in here uh, where they are located in the country. So you have Washington, D.C., which is the... G League team for the Wizards, you have Cleveland, Ohio, okay, then you have um, Georgia, College Park, Georgia, wherever that is, uh, Williamton, Delaware, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Greensboro, North Carolina, Lakeland, Florida, Uniondale, um, New York, Portland, Maine, Detroit, Michigan, which is a big city, um, Mrs. Mississauga, Ontario, which is in Canada, which, I mean, just for the sheer fact that there's one Canadian team, that would obviously make a lot of sense um, in that regard. Um, and then uh, White Plains, New York, Hoffman Estates, Illinois, and Oshkosh, Wisconsin. So that's just the East. And so a lot of those teams, or I should say a lot of those cities, are not big enough for an NBA fan base. And as much as it would be cool to see a change in scenery, for some franchises, maybe it'll kick them into gear. But then you'd also have the problem of guys on teams like Houston or Orlando or OKC or whatever. If they're always in the bottom, you know, and they get relegated, what are you going to do? Like Jalen Green was the second overall pick by Houston 
in his draft? And is he going to be okay with relegation to the bottom of uh, the NBA and go from there to the G League? Probably not. Is Paulo Benchero and Wendell Carter Jr. going to want to take their talents all the way to the G League? Probably not. Yes, they'd be ideally the best of the bunch because it's all NBA talented players. But would they want to go from there? You'd have a lot of players who would be opting out, asking to get traded, not signing as free agents. So in the end of the day, you would basically just be creating the exact same thing, just different cities. And it's a smaller market for a G League team. And also, like, you have two Cleveland. You would have two Cleveland or two Detroit or two whatever. It's like, is that really, you know, worth it? Uh, so... I think Silva obviously doesn't like tanking, as I think a lot of us don't like tanking, um, just for the sheer fact of, well, it's not really um, you know great for the league because you're not playing to win. Some teams are actually playing to lose. Uh, but in terms of just the nature of it, it's part of the NBA. I think it's become a little bit bigger tanking than it once was, but I will say right now, um, you know, with Victor Wembiemba, that definitely um, makes for a situation in which tanking is a bigger deal for a lot of teams at the bottom, uh, which, whether that's right or not, who knows. I personally, as a fan of basketball, don't think this would make sense. And also, I think part of the NBA now is tanking, just like, you know, part of the NBA now is stars asking to get traded and, you know, other things that have just kind of evolved over time. And, you know, the NBA has tried its best to curb, you know, tanking with the, you know, reduced uh, percentages for top teams. And, and so instead of getting 25% chance, uh, if you're the worst seed, uh, now they're bringing that down. Maybe, and this is something that could really work, is you got 14 teams out there uh, in the lottery, switch the lottery to 10 and have top 10 teams with the worst record, all 10% chance of getting this, um, you know, getting a uh, number one overall pick. So it gives it a little bit more of a chance in a sense because you're not actually all, you know, fighting for the last seed because you could get the 10th spot and still get the number one overall pick. So it would take away some of the quote-unquote tanking because it doesn't make sense to tank because there's just as easy of a chance to get the 1 as the 10 if you're um, in that spot. And maybe they could, I don't know, they could figure out a way to, to make it so it's like, I don't know, the worst odds team has, you know, the lowest pick they could get is like 4, um, you know, or 3. Or they could you know, figure something out in order to uh, make it work. But I think, you know, that could be an obvious way to change the lottery. You know, you could even do, you know, the 14 teams and give them all equal odds. But I just think that's a lot. And it doesn't make sense for a team who's in uh, close to playoff spot getting the first pick. So I don't like that. But top 10, uh, you know, teams at the bottom, you know, the teams with 10 worst records, put them together. Give them each a 10% chance at getting the uh, number one overall pick. Let it happen. And that would be an ideal situation, in my opinion. And they could try and make that happen. But in terms of relegation, G League stuff, 
Silva, I don't think that's going to happen. 